now at first base. Pop-up, this should be the ball game. Johnson under it. That does it. Angelo State wins it, seven to four. Incredible relief pitching by the Rams and their offense was clicking. They were stealing bases all day with six of them. So they go on to win and go into the winner's bracket. Hi, welcome to the one, two, three inning college baseball podcast. I'm the host, Nick Herford. What you heard a moment ago was the final out from a game won by Angelo State at the NCAA Division II Baseball National Championships. The reason for the clip, I'll get to in a moment. I first want to introduce myself in the podcast. This isn't the debut episode of the podcast, although it kind of sort of is. Um, I've had about a dozen published so far. This is instead more of a reboot. I'd launched it initially back in 2020 during COVID. And for those unaware of my background, I've been covering college baseball for well over a decade. The last several years have been pretty much exclusively focused on the small school rankings and reportings for Perfect Game. And by small school, I'm referring to Division II, NAIA, and D3. So when COVID canceled the 2020 season, I suddenly had a lot of time on my hands. Instead of watching games and checking box scores, I was basically sitting around doing a whole lot of nothing. In order to keep busy, I did what seemingly everybody else did then. I bought an air fryer, watched Tiger King, and started a podcast. I had a lot of fun with it, and I spoke to some really interesting people, and I'm not really sure why I stopped. Um, I think it was kind of like going to the gym where once you're in the habit, it's really easy to keep it going, but if you, if you stop for even a moment, it's really hard to get motivated and pick it back up again. I've had intentions of picking it back up, but I, I just simply hadn't. That is, until now. I would mentioned my initial motivation in starting the podcast was a lot of free time, but that's just part of the reason. The main reason is because I really like college baseball. And as a fan, it pains me to see college football and basketball get so much more attention than their baseball counterparts. There's a lot of fun and interesting players and coaches and people involved in the game who don't get the exposure they deserve. So that's the primary drive behind the podcast, to put a little more love out there for an underappreciated pastime. And that's why I also enjoy doing the small schools for Perfect Game. As little attention as the D1 schools get, the other divisions get far less. Okay, so that's more than enough about me. Let's get to my guest. For those unfamiliar with D2 baseball, let me give you a quick background on one of the top teams annually, Angelo State. Year after year, they're one of the division's top teams, despite the fact that they're a relatively young program. They were resurrected back in 2005 from its past roots as being a junior college. Impressively, not once have the Rams ever had a losing season and they're able to advance to the D2 College World Series in just their third year of existence. They've reached the final five times, including each of the past two seasons, and very likely could have made it three in a row, as they were 19-3 in the top-ranked team in 2020 when COVID canceled the season. The architect behind the Rams' success was their sole head coach since the program's start, Kevin Brooks. He and his team have won pretty much every award and honor except an elusive national title. That's why at the clip that I played at the beginning of this, it was of them winning one of their first round games as opposed to capturing the championship. This season, the Rams are currently ranked third in the nation, and they're one of just a few teams with a really good chance You've at dethroning North Angelo Greenville State for the division the title. Was as such, in when I was thinking about who I could have on the and podcast, like to talk to Coach Brooks was one of the first people to come to mind. I reached out, and he was existence. gracious enough to make some time. What was it Here's that Angelo State Rams head baseball coach, Kevin Brooks. 
resurrection, the recreation of the program, and then also how did you get involved? Well, uh, there's a long story. Um, you know, uh, moved uh, to San Angelo. Um, my ex-wife became the women's basketball coach uh, here in 2000. Um, I was assistant at UTSA at the time. And, uh, you know, remember her going through the interview process and all that stuff. And uh, they had just built uh, a new stadium on campus for a new independent minor league team. And one of the deals was uh, if they add or if ASU ever added baseball, they could use the stadium since it was on their campus. So that was exciting. Uh, she came down, interviewed, and uh, the very first thing I think they told her was, uh, hey, know your husband is a, a baseball coach. Just want to make sure you understand we have no intention of ever adding baseball. Okay. Do not do not take this job uh, if that is part of the reasoning. So uh, she came back, told me that, and uh, I, I'll be honest, I was, I was sitting on the couch and uh, it was, uh, you know, praying and, and God said, go, you're going to be the head coach there. And uh, anyway, uh, so we went, uh, I took a job with the Seattle Mariners um, as a scout. Um, for about 34 hours um, <laughs> and uh, then uh, I coached at, at Texas A&M and uh, David Coleman was another assistant there and his brother Steve Coleman was the head baseball coach at Hardin-Simmons in Abilene it's about an hour and a half from San Angelo and so he called and he's like, Hey, you know, do you move to St. Angelo? And I was like, yes. And, uh, he's like, is there any way I can talk you in to, to join in our staff? And, uh, you know, so that was a three hour commute every day is what that would have been. Um, thought about it. You know, the one thing I love about coaching is coaching. Um, the thing I dislike the most about being a college baseball coach is the recruiting end. Um, you know, just, just the travel. And, and, and so while well, ton of respect for all that the scouts do and, and, you know, they don't get to work with the players they watch, you know, sure. they spend all this time investing, watching, getting to know them, all that stuff. And I just thought that might be uh, frustrating for me. So I decided, uh, I think I'd rather work with players on a daily basis than drive around a lot of miles and watch a lot of games. And, uh, so I did that, um, for three years, four years, um, which was one, Steve was outstanding. Um, you know, learned a lot from him and, uh, you know, the three hour drive every day was actually great. You know, is, uh, you know, uh, uh, Mark Johnson, who I coached for at A&M was like, here, I got a suitcase full of you know, audio books and lectures yeah. and this. And so I listened to those every day and um, it was really, you know, you forget 
how important those those quiet hours are to just sort of reflect on everything and so uh really you know i, I enjoyed the, that part of it um and then the kids there were great and uh you know it was a good opportunity so uh one day in the fall i think of uh 99 it was probably like september october uh i got a call from uh the president and angelo state secretary and just said hey you know president's looking at maybe adding baseball can you run some numbers on how much it's going to cost for to have a program and Angelo state really at the time was looking to add baseball solely for the purpose of getting students and getting enrollment. You know, that was basically it. Um, you know, the plan going in was the minimum number of games you could play and qualify as a division two institution was, was 24. And so they wanted, the plan was to have play 24 games, go have your season, you know, and, that that was really it um you know uh so gave them those numbers i you know i gave them the what they wanted the 24 and then i gave them two other sets of numbers that were were better than that as far as funding and stuff um they eventually around november decided hey we're gonna add baseball um uh applied for the job and uh and and got it so that's uh, sort of how it started. And then, uh, you know, we started off. That's the one thing I just uh, been so blessed. Um, as I said, I mean, that was the plan, you know, um, scholarships. I think we, we started out with one and a half. Um, and, uh, you know, and then the facility at the time, the pro team wasn't doing real well. Um, and so the facility was really getting run down and, and uh, not in really great shape. And anyway, that was a mess for about eight, nine years. Uh, and then uh, they eventually uh, ceased operations and uh, we took it over. And, and now it's, if not the best in D2, uh, definitely one of them. Well, that makes, I guess, kind of my, my next question even more interesting because it seems like there wasn't a lot of, support at least financially for the school going into making yeah. the program yet you were able right. to field a competitive team not only immediately but within year three you know advance all the way to the to the finals yeah um and that's one thing though that there was a ton of community support and uh you know there are a lot of people out here that love baseball and so we were able to supplement that. And, uh, I mean, that was my first question. I was like, okay, <clears throat> here's what we've got. Here's the plan. Is it okay if I go out and supplement that? Can we play 56 games? You know, all those top things. And they were like, sure, you know, absolutely, if you can do it. And uh, luckily there was a tremendous amount of support from uh, the community people and you know, and, and there continues to be so to this day. Um, obviously, the school has stepped up big time uh, in the years since uh, and, and, and put a lot of money into the facility and, and, and obviously scholarships and all that stuff now. Um, 
And so, it, you know, it was a gradual thing. And, and that's the thing. It's very understanding on the school standpoint. Baseball is a, <laughs> is a big expense. Sure. You know, yeah, I don't know if people realize. Yeah, people realize. So, you know, making a, you know, I don't know how much it would have been back in those days, but at least a quarter million dollars, um, you know, when you're, when you're trying to raise revenue, don't know if that's the smartest thing on the behalf of the school. So, um, you know, but, but since then, hopefully we've proven our worth and, uh, you know, again, the school has invested, uh, really well in it too. Okay. You know, so, and I guess, you know, following on that, I, I've done a lot of tinkering with stats. I go to the NCAA.org website and look at things. And I noticed that, um, attendance numbers are listed and you yeah. guys are basically far and above everybody else bringing people in. Can you talk a little bit more about how, basically how that community involvement has able to, you know, lift up your program and, uh, yeah. and you know, make you a successful? It's huge. You know, we use it recruiting and, and that's the one thing, you know, I, I, I played it at Baylor and uh, got to coach it at, at several division ones and, and, and the reality, I wish it wasn't, but nobody cares about college baseball. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I mean, you know, unless you're at a power five, you know, place. And, 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 well, I was going to say at Baylor, nobody came and watched mm-hmm. this play. Nobody cared. Um, you know, when I coached Texas A&M, a little different deal. Um, but at UTSA, I mean, you know, maybe 100 fans a game if you're lucky. Um and so it separates us from division ones, division two. I mean, whatever level you're talking about. I mean, our first fall scrimmage back in 2004, um, the fall before our first regular season game, we had 3,000 people. Wow. That's know? insane. And that's what I was talking about just the community and how supportive they are, not only of us, but everything in Angelo State. Um, you know, if you look at all our sports, we all draw very, very well. But it's uh, – and it is – it's not the most important thing when choosing a school, but it's really nice perk to have. Sure. Uh, you know, people care. I, You know, I'll never forget – I think it was year two, and, you know, I run by the convenience store to – get my morning Dr. Pepper before going to the field. And That's such a Texas thing. Yeah, and we, <laughs> we'd we lost uh, on Friday night, and uh, I go in there, you know, and the, the cashier's like, man, what's wrong with you guys? And uh, <laughs> anyway, so I get to the field, and my assistant at the time, Marty Smith, and he's like, you'll never believe what happened to me. I was going by the convenience store to get my Dr. Pepper this morning, and and the, the cashier like yelled at me because we lost. <laughs> and uh, and so it's one of those things that's awesome because people are invested, yeah. you know. And uh, luckily we win more than we lose, so we don't have to hear that a, a whole lot. But it's just awesome. You don't get that at a lot of places. I mean, I think it, it helps our players develop as people so much because, I mean, we have to deal with media every day. I mean, you know, their news, you know, radio, TV, newspaper, whatever, they're at practice every day. And so it's really cool watching the guys grow as freshmen or, or when they're first year to when they leave and how much more comfortable they are in talking to strangers, sure. uh, that type of stuff. And, 
and just the relationships too that we've developed with many of the people in the community due to baseball. Okay. Um, <clears throat> when I spoke to you earlier, you kind of mentioned if I'm late, it's, it's because I'm having trouble <laughs> with technology. Now, yes. I ventured 20 years ago when you started the overlap between baseball and tech wasn't anything like it is now. I mean, baseball basically right. it's essential. It's guys hitting a ball with a stick. But right. anymore with, you know, your slow motion cameras and, you know, uh, spin rates and exit yeah. velocity and stuff like that. How have you guys basically kind of incorporated that in or, or do you still kind of are you still a little bit more old school? Well, it's funny, um, as, as bad as I am at technology, actually, we have a rule. I'm not allowed within about six uh, square feet of any electronics equipment because I tend to break it just by standing there. So, um, but it, it's funny. So back when all this first started, um, the first one was, uh, oh, man, it's what Major League Baseball uses for, for all their spray charts and stuff now. But anyway can't remember the name of the company they've since gotten out of the college business and just do MLB, but, uh, they contacted us and this would have been about 2007, um, about being a Guinea pig for them gathering data and stuff. And so we did, and we used a Palm pilot. Um, and, uh, so we were actually sort of on the cutting edge, uh, back in the day. And, and then we have, so we, we have, Yacker Tech, which is uh, what you discussed on the spin rates. There's several different ones. Trackman, Hawkeye. Um, we use uh, uh, Yacker Tech. Um, so it's something we use a lot because it's data to help make a decision, you know. Yeah. And so the more information you can get to to help make players better uh, and then to, to make as good of decisions as you can make as a coach – um, or helpful. I don't think, I think that's the thing. Maybe that the pendulum is swung a little too far in sure. one direction or the other. It can't be the sole reason, you know? And so we use all the tools available to us to try to make the player as good as they can be. Um, and then also try to make, you know, correct decisions as far as personnel and all that stuff goes and game decisions. Um, so I think it's incredibly valuable. I, I, like I say, I think maybe we've got, you know, uh, I was lucky in, in college. I played for a guy named Mickey Sullivan. He was just the best guy I've ever been around and playing the game by his gut and by feel. Um, and so I still think you have to do that. You have to, you know, what your eyes tell you, yeah. you have to use as well. And so I think you take all those things, you know, throw them into a pot, and, and then you come out with a, with a good product, hopefully. Okay. Um, earlier this year, you had your 700th win as a coach with Angelo State. So that gives, that gives you quite an assortment to choose from, but which has been your most memorable win so far? Oh, wow. That's a good question. I didn't really thought about it. I'm going to go back to uh, 2007. Um 2007 so 2005 was our first year 2006 <clears throat> we ran through the conference i mean we were that's still i go back and probably go that might be the best team we've ever fielded hmm. um in 2006 uh, i think we had nine to 11 dudes off that team drafted um eventually in their careers and uh so we won the uh, 
won the conference by about three games, went 40 and 16, I think, in the regular season. And uh, went to the conference tournament. Remember, we, we made an error in the first inning, uh, lose that game two to one, win the second one, and then the third game. And in, in both those losses, too, we were in divisions. We ran into the conference pitcher of the year in both those. So it was just bad draw. And uh, we actually, so our conference tournament back then, we had about a week and a half off before the NCAA tournament started. We've never been to the NCAA tournament at this point. Sure. And uh, so we actually had a scrimmage against the pro team. Um, actually, the, the dude that started for them started game three of the World Series the year before and uh, played with wood bats. And I think we won twenty-two to one. Um, <laughs> okay. And and this is the day before selection yeah. Sunday. And uh, so you know we're getting ready for the NCAA tournament, and then uh, the pairings come out, and we don't get in. Um, and so that's still the I can tell you the hardest day I've ever had was uh, telling telling those guys you didn't. You didn't yeah. get a chance. Yeah. And uh, so that's something that really fueled us um, for 2007, even though it was a largely a new group. We were highly senior uh, the, in 2006. And uh, anyway, and then uh, we didn't win the conference. We finished second. So we go to the conference tournament knowing we have to win it. Um, we lose uh, our second game in the conference tournament on a – walk off balk that was not a balk um and uh so now we got to come back and we got to win uh five games in three days and uh we come back we win an extra inning game anyway we have to beat abilene christian who's who we were chasing at that time they were sort of the big dogs and uh we beat them beat them twice at their their field and uh got to go to a regional and uh that was probably the biggest one yeah. Going back. So it sort of set the tone for for all the we, we had to get over that hump to go further. Sure. You know, and, and so we did. So my follow up question, and I think you may have answered it in that, was gonna be so what's what's the one game you wish you had won which you hadn't, but I guess maybe it was from that season where if you guys if you think maybe if you would have had one more oh, game you could have gotten that one's that one's actually pretty easy. <laughs> um actually it's funny. We uh we watched that game yesterday. Um, in the clubhouse. Uh, the one that got away? Yeah, 2021 against Wingate. Um, you know, we're in the, the semifinals. Uh, we beat them in the first game yeah. uh, of the World Series, uh, matched up again with them uh, on that Thursday, whereas if we win that, we're looking good. We're no losses going to the finals. Got beat, and then, uh, then we get one more shot at them. And... Uh, we lose, uh, I think, seven to six in, in 11 innings. But, uh, you know, it's one of those games, a play about the fifth, and, and we were down six to two going to the eighth of that game and came back and tied it with two outs in the ninth. Um, there was a play in about the fifth inning, and, and it was one of those innings where just everything that could go wrong was going wrong. And, uh, they had runners on uh, second and third and hit a line shot to to right field. And the, the batter 
is he threw his, you know, he got the single to first, sort of threw his bat about halfway up the first baseline. And it was hit so hard that they weren't sending the runner at third. And uh, our right fielder makes a perfect throw to the plate, one hop right to the catcher, and it hits that bat and uh, kicks into the dugout, and that extra run scores. And otherwise, you know, uh, I mean, obviously you can't say we would have won the game, but sure. uh, that was one run, and uh, maybe we don't go to extra innings. But uh, that was the one because we really felt like we were the best team in the country. Yeah, you know what? I hadn't thought of it ahead of time, but as you started describing that, I remember basically that, that whole – because that was uh, that ended up being Wingate and, and Central Missouri, right? Yeah, uh, yeah. I remember, I remember listening to all those games mowing my lawn, and thinking yeah. how you know they were all kind of like nail biters, and especially with you guys, how because as you mentioned, you guys were I think the team to beat. Yeah, um, you know, and, and you just, just don't get many out. opportunities, especially coming off twenty when uh, you know uh, we were one in the country, and yeah. then the season got canceled. So. Uh, you know, we're hoping to get back and get another opportunity. Yeah. Um, <clears throat> you guys are rarely, I mean, never really had like a down year. Um, you know, like for example, the, the seasons we're mentioning right now, you have a lot of, you know, top class seniors on your team. They move on, but yet you're able to bring in and rebuild your roster. You know, like your pitching staff this year. I think you basically had one starter from last season, and you were able to bring in bring in some incredible players, um, and not just on pitching. You have you brought in some really quality bats as well. How is it that you're able to basically keep your roster stocked so well? Well, I, I think our philosophy changed pretty majorly um, in 2013, 14, something like that. May twelfth. Before, as I mentioned, we only had like, I think we were up to like three scholarships at, 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 during that time. And so anytime you invested scholarship money, you know, you had to plan on that guy being on the field. Um, then about 2014, 15, the, uh, ASU upped our scholarships to, to nine, um, which is, you know, the max. And so that allowed us to invest in our future way more. And so used to, you know, a high school kid, um, they were all walk-ons. And, and so they recruited walk-ons, but we didn't give them any scholarship money starting off. And then as you played well, you earned money. Um, and I, going back and noticing that, I was like, well, all these guys we're getting as walk-ons are getting drafted, <laughs> you know, every one of them. And I was like, so we're pretty good at developing players because, you know, nobody else. I mean, we were their only opportunity. And uh, I was like, while they weren't great, maybe as true freshmen, by the time they were sophomores, juniors, seniors, they're pretty good players. So I was like, we need to start investing more in that instead of the the junior college ranks and the transfer ranks and develop our own talent and uh since we've done that i mean things have been just blowing and going and i mean you know we've been to the world series i think four times uh since then so that's been the biggest thing we try to always get where we don't lose everything you know and so you mentioned our pitching staff i mean we lost 
two All-Americans on the offensive side, which were huge. I really didn't think we'd score a run this year, and uh, the new guys have really stepped up. Um, and then, uh, but we still had, you know, Munson back, who's really quality guy, and then a couple dudes in the bullpen that that have merged into some some different roles. And so we've always tried to not have the cupboard empty, you know, going from one year to the next. And uh, but that, having the ability to invest in your future has been huge. You've been basically coaching nonstop. Um, you know, baseball. That's been that's been your thing. You've been doing it at all at a number of different levels. You're coming up on your twentieth level year at Angelo State. Um. And you mentioned one of the first things you said is like, that's, that's the thing that was kind of the draw for you is to bring these kids in and you work with them and develop them. The thing that kind of made you, that was, that was more interesting to you by far than being a scout. So I'd say, I guess coaching is that's who you are. That's in your blood. Can you imagine what you'd be doing if, if coaching <laughs> wasn't an option? No, cause I have no skills. Uh, <laughs> you know, I think about that all the time. Um, you know, I, I don't know if you're a Seinfeld fan, but the only thing I ever think of is, uh, you know, when George was like, well, maybe I'll be one of those commentators on a game. I'm, you know, I'll make those witty comments uh, sometimes. Yeah. That, that's the only thing I can see me doing, and I don't know if anybody would want me. So, uh, yeah, I, I believe me, I, 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 oh, something ever happens in the coaching world, I, I don't know what I'm going to do. Maybe somebody have some pity on me and – and give me a job. Yeah, but, well, uh, I think you're I, probably in good shape. Um, <laughs> I, I don't think you need to worry about it. So, um, well, best of luck to you. Thank you so much for, for, for taking this time to talk to me. No problem, man. And appreciate what you do. I'm glad you're back. All right. Well, that's it. Uh, I really enjoyed talking to Coach Brooks. I hope you enjoyed listening to the interview. Um, I hope that you will continue to listen to future episodes of this podcast as well as go back and check out some of the old ones from 2020. I think there's some good stuff back there. And it's certainly not because of anything that I did. I, I am a big, dumb idiot. Uh, I've just been fortunate enough to, to, to find some really interesting people and get an opportunity to talk to them for a little bit. So, until next time, again, thanks for listening. Bye. High fly ball deep to left center field. It's going. It is going. It's goodbye. That one was tagged, Mickey.